0: ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply take your business further with a smart and flexible american express business gold card Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, October twenty sixth, and we are here trying to help you guys make better financial decisions, or maybe just make a new decision. It really depends on what's going on in your life. I always am amused when some of you, some of you, like say, like, "What should I do?" And you give me like scant information. So, if you would like to tell us exactly what's going on in your financial life, and you're not quite ready to come on the air live with us, then just give us plenty of detail and. bring you on with us via emails. And today we are going to do an email episode because we have to do that every so often. Oh, and of course, if you have a question, go to jillonmoney.com, click on the contact us button and uh, just be very detailed. It would be really helpful to us. All right, let's start with Rachel, who says, I'm a big fan and I appreciate all the advice and information you shared over the years, especially during this volatile time for investors. Man, it feels like the volatility has basically been like three years straight. I'm exhausted. Okay. So I think Rachel is as well. She writes, because of the market volatility lately, I'm struggling to know the best path for my savings and investing. I'm self-employed. I make $400,000 a year and save three quarters of my income. Now that's going to get you some serious choices going forward. Rachel's maxed out Roth, traditional, and 401k. She's bought the maximum in I-Bond. She's got a good chunk of cash, about $400,000. She's holding that in high interest savings and money market accounts, earning between one and one and a half percent. I've been putting $5,000 a month into an index fund, recently stopped due to the market dropping. Should I reduce or pause my investments in the stock market or reallocate? I would appreciate any. Input You have. Okay, Rachel, I don't know how old you are. I don't know when you need your money. Do not stop. Do not stop. Do not like hang out. Go on, pass, go. Just get on going because you are now buying everything at a remarkable discount to where you were a year ago. And if you think about this, a year ago, the stock markets, bond markets were all priced way higher than where they are right now. And so if you can continue, I know it hurts, but if you can continue to put that money to work, I think you'll be amply rewarded. Now, if you're just unwilling to do that, because you didn't tell us the totals of all the money you have invested, but if you've got this cash and that cash is really your, your safety net. And if you think you really want to make sure that that stays better invested, then you do have cash management options. I mean, you could certainly buy T-bills. You could buy CDs. There are so many things to do with that money to get better than a one or one and a half percent return. So I think you should not pause. You should keep going. And I would even get a good chunk of that cash dollar cost average into your brokerage account. I think that would be gosh, I just think you're going to be so happy to have done that. Now, of course, any money you think you need within the next year, do not put at risk. Do not put at risk, right? Everyone listening, you need your money within the next 12 months, no risk for that money. All right, next. This is from Jean and uh, the subject, how do I catch up at age 62? Jean goes on to write, I was widowed in 2020. My husband took care of retirement accounts So I hired Vanguard Personal Advisor Service for a brokerage Roth and traditional IRA. Previously, the money was in CDs. It was earning about 2% interest on average. No debt except an $8,500 car loan. No mortgage. I plan on staying in my home until I die. No kids. Both of our 401ks equal $410,000, $98,000, which is a split between a high yield savings and checking, $73,000 that remains in a CD that will mature in 2023. I have $186,000 in Vanguard Personal Advisor. Um, I think it's personal service advisor. I don't know. Anyway, and I've lost a lot in the retirement accounts like everyone else. 401ks in 2025 target date funds. Income is anywhere between fifty four dollars and $78,000, depending on how much work I get. I need $4,000 a month for expenses, more if I travel. Job is physically demanding, hoping I can make it to 67. Social Security at age 67 would be $2,800. 3500 at 70 and husband's social security is $20,000 a year if i take that at around 65 i'm so discouraged hearing that many of your callers have a million or more in retirement savings how in the world can i catch up at this age wait a minute why do you have to catch up at this age you're in good shape you don't need that much money you need $4,000 a month for expenses and when you think about it at your age 70 you're going to have 3500 of that in social security or 2,800, if it, you take it at 67. Right now, if you can keep working, I think you're gonna be okay. So I don't know if you, you don't have to work until you're 70. You certainly can work till you're 67 or probably 65-ish. You know, you're at 62, that's three more years. If you're earning money, can you kind of dial it back? If you're, you know, if you've got the $54,000 right now, plus your husband's social security, that's coming in, even if you made half that, if you made 30000 and then the 20000 in the Social Security, I think you can make this work if you are careful in these next, say, three, four, five years. First of all, when you guys hear these other numbers, it's different. You don't need that much money. These conversations we have with people are all about what's going on in their lives. Whether they have two or three or five million or $10 million, if they're spending a lot more than you do, then they need a lot more money. So let's just deal with what's going on in your life. I think you're okay. Brenda writes, I have my entire thrift savings plan in the C fund, the common stock index investment fund. It's about 150 grand. Yeah, I know. Everyone's got a loss for the year. Should I sell part and buy into another fund to take advantage of the loss? What do you mean take advantage of the loss? It's a tax deferred account. So you're not taking any sort of tax loss. Don't do anything. Please do not do anything. Stick with your game plan. Don't do anything else. And, you know, give us a holler back if you want some more detailed advice. Deborah is 62 years old. She is a retired school teacher. And she retired in the beginning of 2021. 403B is currently with Voya Financial. The state employees are allowed to keep their money in the fund or they can convert it to an IRA. I currently have about $240,000 in the account and I don't need to access the money at this time. Not sure what I should do. Should I leave it where it is, convert to an IRA with the same company, or move it someplace else? Thank you for your time. Well, Deb, let me tell you, number three is your choice. Move it someplace else. I mean, Voya is probably a variable annuity, which means it has fees. If you could roll it over into a large house that has plenty of index funds, and I'm talking about the Biggies, T-Row Price, TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, E-Trade, any of these accounts where you can just roll that money over, pick a few index funds, go to sleep at night. That's what I would do. Grant writes. Oh boy. Mark, you know what? I'm really starting to get freaked out about these, these people retiring in their 50s. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because Grant starts with one of my favorite ways to start an email. Jill, I love your show. <laughs> I listen to it when I do my morning walks. I have a question. I'm in education as a district administrator. Oh, here we go. This is the burnt out educator. 30 years comes up when he turns 54. After that, a full pension of $5,500 a month, single, no kids. I plan on retiring from public education, but continue working part time. Hopefully as an adjunct professor at a private university, oh, that'll make you $5 a week basically. Okay. I love what I do, but I want to do something different for 15 years or so until I hit Medicare age. Healthcare will be covered until I'm 65 by the school system as long as I work 20 days a year as a substitute, which I will do. I plan on taking full social security when I turn 70. That will be $3,800 a month. I'll have close to $200,000 in a 403B, which I will not use until I hit 65, $100,000 in checking, $50,000 in savings. House will be paid off in 10 years. No other debts. Am I in good shape to make this move when I hit my 30 years in public education? Ding, 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 ding. You're in great shape, Grant. You got it. You got this $5,500 a month. I mean, you didn't say how much you need in terms of your actual income need, but I got to believe that a guy like you, who's, you know, basically seems like you've paid everything off and everything is in good shape. You're good. So just make sure that whatever you do, you definitely want to keep that, that health insurance. So make sure you do those substitute days and also make sure whatever you earn in your next job just makes up for whatever you need. And if you have a little extra, sure, put some extra money in savings. So, cause we want you to have some money available when uh, you have that period in between, you might need a little extra money between now and 70. So make sure you build that up. You're in great shape. I tell you what, Mark, I should have been an educator, except for the fact that it's too hard a job for me. After all those years, you're completely fried. It's like, no, th- <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, that I would say that the people who are the most fried that we talk to are educators and also um, healthcare workers who are so totally fried. All right. Last question today. This is a lump sum or annuity question. Hi, Jill and Mark, a regular listener to your podcast during my daily walks with my dog, Yoda love that. While she's busy trying to chase squirrels, I'm trying my best to keep my physical and financial health in order. So cute. Okay, This is so this is Scott. Scott says, I'm fortunate to work for a company that offers a pension. I just turned 60 after 25 years with a company. I'm looking to retire in the next year or so. I'm married, no kids, but a house full of fur babies. In addition to the pension, we've got $1.6 million in a mix of 401k, rollover IRA, and Roth money, no debt. Okay, here's a question. What factors should we consider when deciding between an annuity payment and a lump sum payout? We're leaning towards taking the monthly 100% spousal survivor, non-COLA annuity, $7,000 a month that would provide a guaranteed lifetime income stream for us. However, the lump sum amount will likely never be higher than it is this year, regardless if I work for several more years. The lump sum payment, should I retire in December, would be approximately $1.6 million. This is wild, Mark. This is just a little canny part of where we are in the cycle. Due to rising interest rates, the lump sum payment available to me and many other folks with a pension is scheduled to tumble next year. In my case, the lump sum payment would be reduced by about $200,000. Is there any benefit to taking the higher lump sum now over the annuity? Any advantage to taking this sizable lump sum payment and invest it in a down stock market? I'd love to hear your opinions on how to analyze the decision. The end of the year is approaching fast. Thanks for your help. This is a great question. There are a lot of calculators online that you would have to look at to really determine the the math. But you have to do the math at one point six million and then one point four million, right? So I would really be doing it. I'm going to look just at one point six million here's the thing that's weird about the, uh, you know, the, the benefit. So let's say you take the $7,000 a month. It's fine. It's $7,000 a month. You sound like that's kind of going to be great for you, but you lose control of all that money. I'll tell you what, normally I like a little pension. I might take this money. I might take the lump sum and I might take that lump sum Make sure that I really work hard to build an allocation that's going to create the money that I need. You'll have one point six million dollars. And what does that mean? You know, if one point six million, it's not like a pension, you'd be running this for like a perpetuity kind of thing. so the the difference is that like you would have risk and you would be able to pull out about fifty grand a year. and that's less than you would get from the guarantee of the annuity, but you'd have control over the money. I feel like the financial, if you both live till your nineties, the seven grand a month is better. Uh, I don't know what to say, Mark. What do you think? This is a tough one. I I was just playing with the calculator. I mean, this is very back of the envelope, but I was just running some numbers for like projecting for the next 25 years. And I I think the monthly comes out to about 5 million and the lump sum comes out to a little bit over 6 million. It's close. This is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, okay. So a couple of things to consider. Number one, do you have other assets, right? Do you have other assets available to you? And if you do, then maybe the whole liquidity issue is doesn't matter. So if you had like another four or five, $600,000 that's in another account, then I'd be much more inclined to just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do the pension. I mean, the annuity. But If there is no other money, I think that one question is, if you can do it yourself, you'll probably be fine. But if you then have to hire someone to do it for you, then that's going to eat into the money also. So that would be another concern for, not a concern, consideration. I think that I would construct the conversation with you and your wife as, number one, is the guaranteed income really important to us? And do we have other liquidity outside of that guaranteed income? Number two, are we really comfortable managing the money ourselves or not? And number three, is there some middle ground that you could potentially choose? That's, that's what the way you would think about it. And of course, by the way, if you both died, if you like got into a car accident five days after the pension, you, that money evaporates. There is no survivor benefit. So, But they don't have kids. So maybe they don't care about that. It's tough. It's tough. The seven grand is, you know, that's a really good pension, but 1.6 million lump sum, that's a lot of money too. Well, give us a holler back. Maybe we can walk through some other stuff. We want to know what else is going on in your financial life. I think that's the big issue. Okay, so give us a holler back. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a financial question, if you have a lump sum versus stream of payment question and you want to walk through that decision, why don't you give us a holler? Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. You can see in this kind of a conversation, we'd really benefit from having the person on the air live with us. While you are on the website, do me a favor and take our listener poll to questions 10 seconds and pre-order the new book it's called the great money reset and when you pre-order that book you're going to get invited to a very exciting special event only if you pre-order the book no one no one else gets in sorry bummer sign up for the free weekly newsletter do all those other fun great things and lift someone up today grit growth grace thank you for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow